What is going on, guys? I am Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. This podcast is part of the Across the Board Sports podcast family. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host. <laughs> the horniest <laughs> I know that's what you're going to say. I know that's what you're going to say. Even though your ass is putting on the horny-ass music. <laughs> Oh, man, he caught me, Mike. That's exactly what I was going to say, but I, I caught myself. <laughs> it's off the rails, right? Like seconds in. At CD Piglet, guys. Nice and easy. Well, Mike, the offseason has officially started, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so sad. At least the playoffs were good. Yeah. Playoffs were good this weekend. Very enjoyable. Oh, my heater's on. I'm going to turn that off. There we go. Well, what is it, a chilling 75 degrees out there in Cali, Mike? I, I have my uh, my heater on 75 degrees. It's in the 60s. That's freezing. Oh, no, Scientific. not the 60s. Scientific fact. 60s in California, freezing. Water freezes at like 68 degrees here in California. It's Did science. you buy a snow shovel? Yeah, exactly. We have to, we have to shovel the ice out there at 68 degrees. I don't know. I'm not sure if I asked you this or not, but I swear it seems like anybody and everybody who's from Cali wears a hoodie regardless of the weather. Is that a thing in Cali where like every day is hoodie weather? Not for, I wear it when it's cold, but once summer comes, I don't I don't wear the hoodie. I wear, when it's cold, though. Yeah. Hoodie. We everybody wears hoodies. We love hoodies. But when it, it gets in Fresno, it gets like to 112. Like mm. it, sizzles, it gets way hotter than it does cold. Cold is just we're wussies in California. We don't like cold. But in uh I'm not doing some gang sign. My my fingers are I need to stretch. I was going like this, and I'm like, people are gonna be like, what is this guy doing over here? I'm like, my fingers hurt. I have neuropathy. Uh, but in the summer it gets too hot. So no, there's definitely not hoodies all year long around in, in Fresno. Hell no. I just think because like the people that, you know, in Texas that I met that are from California, regardless of the weather here in Texas, they've always got a hoodie on. So I'm like, I wonder if that's a California thing where it's just, you know, it's hoodie season all season. We wear hoodies when it's cold, but not typically no. When it starts to warm up, you're out of the hoodie. My my perfect outfit is a hoodie with shorts and flip flops. If I can wear that that day, it's a good day. Mine all day. They're called, you guys call them pajamas. I call them lounge pants. See my Disney shit? Disney, goofy. I wear that with a hoodie when it's cold. I I wear that shit to the movies. I don't even care. Really? You'll go that cozy to the movies? All, the last movie I went to, went in my Baby Yoda Grogu lounge pants. I I have nine different types of Disney, Star Wars, Marvel of those types of shit pajamas as you guys call them i wear them out they're pajamas when i'm in bed would you wear pajama pants to dinner like going what out kind to dinner, of dinner? Somewhere. like you're going you're meeting up with the homies to have beers and like appetizers and watch a game Nah, probably not that much i walk to the store in the mornings in them because i don't oh, care yeah. i know everybody there they see me every day. Uh, I'll go to the movies if it's a late night movie. I, I typically won't if it's if I'm going to like six, seven o'clock. I won't, but if I'm going late or early morning, I'll wear them. You know, but I wear them a lot. I don't care. I'm, whatever. 
I, I like to be cozy as well, especially in the colder months. I've uh, recently bought some sweatpants that are kind of, they're more athletic looking, like they kind of got the fitted bottom. So they look a little bit more, I don't want to say professional, but more casual to where like you could wear them to the movies or wear them to breakfast, like wear them to run errands, things like that. And they're, they're kind of sportier looking. Bro, I'm mad like this. I don't like where it, it needs to be Disney. But what happened is on my last Disney trip, all, no, they didn't really have any merchandise because, you know, all the boats and all the shit going on. So I didn't buy any outfits while I was there at Disneyland. And like I need to rotate them out. Like it's been 2020. It was closed. So I'm, I was wearing stuff from like 2019. I don't mind that really, but I would like a couple new things. So I got these, you know, just to have new stuff. Or I got the DAC one, the, uh, the uh, you know, um, Faith uh, Fight Finish. I got yeah. that. So I hate wearing stuff that's not Disney. Like you might as well throw it in the trash. It, it makes me mad that I have to wear this. <laughs> if it wasn't for my wife and my son, I'd, I'd have endless amounts of shoes and probably like I would buy everything that Dak makes, you know, Micah, that kind of stuff. I, I would make sure to support all those guys and buy their hoodies and shirts and hats and everything. Bro, why is Trayvon Diggs jersey only available in the Navy? I want defenders in white or alternative. I want offensive players in the Navy blue. And Diggs is only in Navy blue. I'm like. So that's going to be your next purchase, obviously. Yeah, I want Diggs. And then I'm considering getting Osa. Oh, I like that. Osa, I'll probably get into the season next season. Diggs, I'll get this offseason. Osa, I'll see how he comes back. I wanted to get to Parsons, but then everybody started getting to Parsons. I was like, well, you know what? Diggs or Gregory would be a good one. But now I'm also kind of thinking maybe Bossman. Bossman will be got. I'm going to get Bossman, too. I just want to make sure he starts and he's ready to go and everything. But Bossman and Osa, see him doing my gang signs again. Neuropathy, dude. I swear to God, put my hands down here. Um, Shrugish bone over there, Mike. Yeah, well, I know there's like like signs that people do is like you know politically incorrect, and I don't I don't know any of them. I don't do them, so I'm not throwing signs. I have nerve damage, so that's this stuff is. Hey, I'm hurting, so you know, give me a break on the on the gang signs. <laughs> well, you know, growing up running around out there in Cali, Mike, I know you were. You're a smart guy, but did you kind of run around with the, you know, with the guys who were a little bit rougher around the edges, if you will? I had a weird mix. Okay, so I was, I was like, God, I'm gonna get this kicked off. You know how every school you have that one Asian dude you can't pronounce his name and he wins like every award, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it was me and that guy winning. It was one of us winning every award. So I had the like smart, like nerdy thing, and then I played basketball. So I had the jock and, uh, uh, you know, the people that play basketball, which I'm definitely not going to go into race about that. Oh, God. Please I'm going to get us kicked off air. Look, I had a ton of black friends because I played basketball. All right? That's just how yeah, it was. I mean, hey, that's, there's nothing wrong with saying that, right? No, because it's about to get worse. Oh, God. <laughs> the, the guy that I live with and his family, Mexican guy, Fresno Bulldogs, like all that, because he was like my family, like I took him into my house and everything. Yeah. I didn't have to worry about, you know, getting stabbed or anything by the Fresno Bulldogs, no matter what I wore, because I wore blue in Dallas all the time. I was like protected. So I was hella friends with the Mexican people. So yeah, I had yeah. the Asian nerdy white and Asian community. We were hella cool. 
basketball was African-American. And then I was like, basically my brother was like in the gang. So I was really had a, a multitude of people. And then my best friend in high school ended up being Muhammad, who obviously is like, I had a eclectic set group of like, you wouldn't see us all hanging out all the time because, you know, there just wasn't a lot in common with the different groups. So if I played basketball, I was with one group. If we were doing something school-wise, I was with another one. Yeah. And then if, uh, if I was just hanging out with Cisco, it was just like, hey, don't stab the white guy. <laughs> All right. Are you are you a fan of the uh, the gangster movie Blood In Blood Out? Yeah, yeah, great movie, great movie. I mean, it's it's a little overrated, but it is good. It's a good movie. Well, why do you say that? I don't know. It's just seen as like like one of the all time great greats, and it's that, a classic, not a great. Yeah, that and that and Scarface for me are good movies, but they're kind of overhyped. You know, not that they're not good, but they're like like. There's better movies, you know. We should we should do uh, here in a little while or here in a couple of weeks. Maybe we should rank our top five gangster movies. Yeah, we would, Mitchell would love that one. That's his thing. Mitchell said we need to do our top five heroes, but not like it doesn't have to be just Avengers or what. Like any heroes that are legitimate, like you know, heroes. Like you can't say like, well, Darth Vader killed the Emperor, so he's a hero. Like he was a bad guy. You know, like legitimate fought the bad guy heroes, your top five. And he was he was saying, like, it's hard because you have all the Avengers, you have Jedi's, you have, you know, uh, DC comics. You have there's there's just so many to go through. And then there's like he was like, well, you would have John McClane because I'm just a die. I wanted I, if I had a son, I would have named him McClane John Crumb. I love John. Wow. McClane. And uh, and so he would have to be up there. He was like, it's so hard to pick just five. And I was like, that's a good one. I, I like that. So yeah, we have we have a lot of topics. John Snow would be on my list. John Snow, good one. I like John Snow. I would like his book character to find out what he actually does, finish mm -hmm. and the actual you know story of it. But we all know that guy's gonna die before those come out. He just takes forever. He takes forever. He's old. He's old. He's out of shape. He's just never going to make it long enough to freaking put out all those books. That's garbage. Hurry up and put your stupid books out. Well, Mike, we're already off the rails here. Before we get you going on on another tangent, we before we discuss any football talk, of course, we have to discuss Meatless Monday. So I'm curious, what was on the menu today? Today we had. What did I have for breakfast? Uh, breakfast is nothing. I had a glucose drink. I had a good uh, lunch though. I I took my uh, kale pesto that was left over from the reset. I boiled some noodles. I took pasta water from it, mixed it in with the pesto to make a sauce. Sautéed some mushrooms or uh, tomatoes and garlic, mixed it all together, and had a pesto pasta. And then later on, I have some corn tamales. So when we get off of this, I'll have a couple of corn corn tamales are the best. They're like. They're like part dessert, part dinner. They're like sweet. Ugh. Mm -hmm. So good. It's Fresno corn. Is it Fresno corn season, sir? Not yet. Okay. No, no. If it was Fresno corn season, we'd be we'd be getting down on some stuff if it was Fresno corn season. When Fresno can't, I don't care if you come from Iowa, you don't touch our corn. Our corn is the best. We don't do anything else good at <laughs> all in this city. 
But our yeah. corn is better than your corn. You think you have good corn. Wherever you're listening right now, you're like, nah, man, you don't know. We have no, you don't. You don't have corn like Fresno has corn. Fresno, Fresno made it on Food Network for their corn. The dish was just a corn sauce with a corn filling. That was it in, in pasta. The corn is amazing here. So I assume you've made quite a few elotes out of that Fresno corn, huh? Yeah, I've we've had elote. Uh, we've I I'd say every season I probably buy a hundred ears. Oh wow, hundred years of corn, thirty to forty at a time, and then you go through and you make your different. You know, I I make corn risotto. It's my favorite food. With when Fresno State's corn goes, I make corn risotto, and it is it's that is my personal favorite meal of of all. I love that. It's so good. Still to this day, man, I have not had good risotto. I'm hoping to change that one day. You you come here. Risotto is one of the things for sure I make because I just, I love it personally. So, and I, I don't have a struggle making it. It takes me about 17 minutes. Cake, get through mm -hmm. it. It's delicious. Trust, you will, you will like, I make a corn stock out of the ears of corn oh, wow. that I take yeah. off the, from the Fresno State. I make the stock. That we put into the risotto out of that it's, it's so good sounds amazing mike well you know another thing that was pretty amazing this weekend was those was those playoff games you know what, what game was your favorite this weekend you're good sir it's a great <laughs> transition sir i've been getting so rusty sir so you're the best uh bills kansas city uh the elite quarterback play just that was incredible it was just it was great just to see them go back and forth and it kind of killed the the QB wins narrative because you cannot play better than Josh Allen played football. Period. Mm, yeah, you cannot. Mahomes, right? You know how he lost, oh. of course. They 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 Josh Allen was like seventy seven percent completion over his time two games, nine touchdowns, no picks, seven hundred and something yards. He he played perfect quarterback. And he's at home because his defense couldn't hold a 13-second lead. Couldn't hold a lead for 13 seconds. Like, man, it just miss me with the with the QB wins bullshit. Uh, but that was my game. That was my number one. Yeah, Mike, of course that was going to be the obvious answer, and rightfully so. I mean, that game was a masterpiece. Uh, but other than the obvious, again, talking about Kansas City Buffalo, I'm going to go with the San Francisco Green Bay game. You know, they've met several times in the playoffs. They've had a strong rivalry for a while, and it reminded me that their quarterback doesn't have to be perfect to win a game, just kind of what you were alluding to, Mike, is that it doesn't always rely on the quarterback. Uh, just, you know, I felt like that was a really good game when you factor in the weather conditions and San Francisco being on the road and everything. Yeah, it was a it was an old school type of game, you know. Right, right. For the big excitement and everything, that's not it. But if you want the old school NFC North, Green Bay like Bears type Niners fit that style with their running and their defense. And uh, I, I was surprised. Aaron Rodgers really didn't play bad. He played bad for Aaron Rodgers, you know. But Jimmy G was terrible in one. Like, this was a very good weekend to tell people that, about quarterbacks to shut the fuck up. You know, people are like, oh, yeah, but what has he done? What has he won? What is he this, that? I'm like, watch watch Jimmy G play and win. Watch Josh Allen play and lose. And then shove QB wins up your ass. Uh, that's for Dan Rupert right there. Because he hates the stupid QB wins bullcrap. So, 
Mike's got the tequila talking tonight. I don't know what you're talking about, sir. Tequila is what exactly? <laughs> I think when well, no, vodka is made out of potatoes, I don't know what tequila is made out of. Yeah, I know it's good. It's yeah, I friggin' uh, oh, you know what? I'm not even, <laughs> I've already got it canceled enough. I'm not even going, just skip, go to the next question. You don't even want to know, believe me. You know, Mike, we saw the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals be the heartbreakers of the week in eliminating the Tennessee Titans and to advance to the AFC title game. When you look at Burrow and the Bengals advance to that AFC championship, is it more evident that Dak and Dallas really missed a golden opportunity this year? I didn't need to see Burrow and them do it. The way Tampa played this weekend is what got me. Yeah, they made a comeback at the end. The defense got a couple turnovers. But I, I think if if we found a way to upset the Niners, because they, they beat our ass. It shouldn't have been that close. But if we found a way to pull that off, I don't think Tampa could have beat us because they are a run-stopping team, and we weren't going to run. We would have just threw on them again. And and if you saw what Matt Stafford did, you know, to them, he had a bad second half. I'll, I'll give him that because they, they got a lead and they kind of played conservative for a little bit. But the minute mm-hmm. he went back to passing, boom, boom, Cooper Cup, Hill. And, uh, you know, our defense would have been good enough to – Hold up, you know, Jalen Ramsey gave up one deep shot to Mike Evans. That's about what I expect Diggs to give up. Diggs shut him down last time. You know, you put a couple guys on Gronk and don't let him be the guy. And then who? Who are they going to do? Scotty Miller? Well, yeah. uh, to be on it, just being real, you know, Rams secondary is worse than ours. Like Anthony Brown, I'd rather have on Scotty Miller. Even Jordan Lewis, you know, I think would do a better job. So, that's what really made it like a damn. Because now if you look at it, say Rams beat uh, Green Bay, which was possible the way they both played. And I, Rams could have won that. We would have been at home in the NFC Championship game with a chance to uh, go on to the Super Bowl. You know, maybe we win, maybe we lose. But that experience of winning a couple games and getting to th- that point would have been huge going forward. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's too bad. They definitely missed an opportunity. Yeah, I remember feeling, Mike, that, uh, you know, had Dallas, San Francisco, I felt that we were going to go to the Super Bowl. But, you know, like you said, Dallas really did miss an opportunity regardless. You know, however, I feel like the Bengals are just showing everyone that come playoff time, man, anything can happen. Yeah. I mean, you, if you have the quarterback and you have a good play caller, got a shot in any game because their offensive line stinks. But they had enough weapons and a good enough play caller and a good enough quarterback that they they over and and a defense that held a very good Tennessee team to 16 points and there you go that's how you win at 16 or 17 something like that yeah i wonder how much especially with Tennessee when you think about AJ Brown missed a few games Julio Jones missed quite a few games Derrick Henry obviously he missed quite a few games as well how much rust factored into to Tennessee you know, that week off, how much that really hurt them, you know, instead of having that momentum going into the playoffs. That's crazy because Tampa didn't get a week off, but it was their first game since week one that they had all their defensive players healthy. Mm. You know, they just didn't look great. And it's, you don't play together. It's not Madden where you just plug them in. Like we've said a million times on this pod, they're humans, they're human beings, and they have to be able to get continuity. It's not just an overall who's better overall. You know, you have to, you have to work together and, and learn and see what each other wants to do. And 
Tampa didn't get a chance to do that. And uh, obviously uh, on the other end, uh, I'm blanking the team we're just talking about right now. They uh, Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee, yeah, didn't get a chance to uh, to work together like that, you know, and, and yeah. it affects them. Sorry about that. It is the tequila. One <laughs> hundred. You, know, you touched on it there a little bit, but when you look at the teams that played over the weekend, where would you rank the Cowboys among those teams? I have it down here. Let me see. Uh, Kansas City would be first. Yeah. Buffalo would be second for me. Um, I would put if you. Man, the quarterback's bad. L.A. Rams, San Francisco, I'm going to go Rams first because their roster is just better, and I like Stafford better than Jimmy G. But you can make an argument for Niners being there. Then Green Bay, I put Dallas Mm. over Tampa because Tampa had so many injuries, and then Tennessee and then Cincinnati. So I have us uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, for me, Mike, number one, Kansas City. Number two, I had actually Green Bay. And what how I what was uh you know made made me made the final decision for me was the quarterback. And not that I like Aaron Rodgers that much more than Josh Allen, but you know, I still do think that Aaron Rodgers is better than Josh Allen. Number three, Buffalo, number four, the LA Rams, number five, Dallas, number six, Tampa Bay, number seven, San Francisco, eight, Tennessee, and number nine, Cincinnati. And I kind of feel bad for having Cincinnati last because I do like Joe Burrow. I like Jamar Chase, and I think they're an up-and-coming team. But of all the teams there, I still think they've got a little bit more work to do to be, you know, to to make that leap. What's up with Niners? Won 8 of 10, beat us, went into Green Bay and won. How the hell do you have them so low? Their defense, their running game, their play caller. Jimmy G. That's why I thought we'd win by a couple scores. I thought we'd we'd handle him because I didn't think Jimmy G was good. Hey man, he's doing just enough. Yeah. Oh, well, he's not, he, man, he ain't even doing just enough. Just everyone else, every other area of the game is doing so much that because he's not even doing just enough just Debo and the defense and Mitchell, you know, they're just, they're playing so above board that it's, that it's carrying a, a, not a very good quarterback. Yeah, kid, all surprised though, because you know when uh, in the first half there, when they couldn't really get anything going, and they had open open shots, Kittle had a big drop. I had a big drop. They weren't really doing Garoppolo a lot of favors. I was shocked when Kittle dropped the ball. You just, it's just something you don't see. It's it's surprising when you see a great player like that make a like a you know a brain fart really because he doesn't. He's not a drop person. So yeah, that was that was crazy, but. I mean, Jimmy G's, he's bad. Oof. Hey, he, he's hes hes in a championship game, man, so that says a lot. Yeah, that does. It says a lot about what a good defense and running game and coach can do for you. That's what that says. Now, sticking with these quarterbacks, Mike, where would you rank Dak among the quarterbacks that played this weekend? Well, Mahomes obviously won. Rodgers, right. two. Yeah. Allen, three. Brady, four. Oh, uh, I mean, he had an MVP year. If Aaron Rodgers wasn't so crazy, Tom Brady had a great year this year. Now he has a lot of help, but still he's got to get the ball out this and that, you know, so I'm giving him the respect, putting it up there. Uh, Dak would be after that. Um, I think you can easily make a case for Burrow being above Dak. The only reason I don't is because of the, you know, like 
There's so much heat Burrow hasn't seen yet, just like Justin Herbert. I think in a couple years, they're going to be clear two of the top. I just, for right now, I would put Dak ahead of him. Dak's ran a number one offense more weeks than any other quarterback that he's been healthy since 2019. Like, um, I know he, he didn't have a great game uh, this last playoffs, but we're going to talk about, uh, man, we have more issues than we thought we did. And, yeah. uh, and you know, so I put Dak ahead. I have no problem putting Burrow ahead. I wouldn't argue with you. And then Stafford, Tannehill, Jimmy G, obviously, is last. So that's my order. You know, Mike, for me, you might be a little surprised. But, of course, I have Mahomes one, Rodgers two, Allen three. Then I had Joe Burrow at four, only because I'm looking at these playoffs, Mike, and the way that Joe Burrow's playing. That's kind of why I had him ahead of ahead of Dak here. But when you, if I were to factor in the entire season and, you know, if I was, like, doing rankings for fantasy and everything, I'd have, I still have Dak as the top five quarterback in the league. But really just these, these playoffs have shown me a lot. And, I, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about Dak and the Cowboys and everything. But, um, you know, that's why I have Burrow currently ranked ahead of Dak. Again, just for kind of what I saw this weekend. At number five, I have Stafford. Number six, Dak. Seven, Brady. Number eight, Tannehill. Number nine, Jimmy G. Seven, the guy that led the league in touchdowns and yards. Yeah, yards is seventh. Okay, but what did he, I mean, I understand that you have to have weapons to be successful, but what happens when Godwin and and uh, AB are gone? You know what I mean? Like, what, what did he look like? He, he became human, right? Yeah, he wasn't as, I mean, he's still good, but yeah, he wasn't. He's still great. I'm yeah. just saying, when you factor in age and he, man, you know, that, that defensive line was giving him fits, dude. It was. I I can't put Stafford above Tom Brady. I just can't. I can't do it. I can't. I, well, and I mean, Burrow, I get Bur Burrow's talent, like Burrow's projection is. He clearly just hasn't seen enough to just, you know, if if he's going up against an elite defense, give me Brady because Brady's will be able to beat you a few times just on he'll know what you're bringing. You know, he yeah. just his knowledge. But man. All right. But what All right, uh, done in his second Kellerman. season, you know? All right. All right, Max Kellerman. Now, I'm just saying, hey, what Burroughs have been able to do in his second season. And just three years ago, I mean, people were talking about Cincinnati being the worst franchise in the NFL. Now look where they're at, dude. Yeah, no, and it it's 90% that quarterback, too. Don't even get me wrong. Yeah. So, Mike, you know, I don't know. Are you the type of person like me where if your team gets beat by – a team in the playoffs, are you rooting for the team that beat your team to to uh, make it to the championship? You know, what I'm asking is, or were you or are you rooting for the 49ers? All right, so here's the thing. I don't want Niners to get their sixth Super Bowl because it would put them above us. Reasons. Yeah. So I have been rooting for the Niners because Cisco, who lives here, Tim, who lives here, Niner fans. My At my work, I have three or four Niner fans there, including mom and my best friend. So it's nice to, to have them like have a team to cheer for. And it's not like they're Kansas city and stuff where they've been winning every year and you get tired of them. They haven't won for quite a long time. They've been to a couple, but haven't won. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I was rooting for them to beat green Bay for that reason, but I don't know if they get into a, a super bowl. I don't care if they beat the Rams. I can't stand the Rams, but if they get into a super bowl with Kansas city, that I have no reason to root against, or um, Bengals, who I totally root for Joe Burrow. 
I would probably root for the AFC team over either of the NFC teams. So I got you. Currently, yes, go Niners. Super Bowl, probably don't want them winning their sixth. Yeah, Mike, for me, I, I definitely was rooting for the Niners. I'm, I'm the type of fan that whichever team beats my team, I want them to win it all, actually. That's fair. Yeah, that makes sense. Then you're like, we lost to the champs. Exactly. You know, that's kind of petty like that, right? Yeah, I was going to say, that's man, that's stretching, dude. So stretching. <laughs> we lost to the champs, so we could have been the second best team, really. That's Hey, whatever helps me sleep at night, right? Yeah, that's a, that's like real reach, but but I get it, man. I, I ain't hating on it. You know, after the way they finished the, the regular season, then on the road beating beating our boys, the Cowboys, and then going on the road again in the frozen tundra beating the Packers, has your opinion of the 49ers changed? Not not since be, the way they handled us. I was like, okay, this team's legit because I've right. said it many times. I thought we were going to beat them by a couple scores. Uh, and it just, I knew I, cause they, they really whooped us. Like it was not as close as the score showed. So no, I no, knew no, they no. were legit. And I thought, I honestly thought they had a 50, 50 at worst chance of beating green Bay. So no, I did. The green Bay game didn't change anything for me. The way they handled us, let me know. No, this team could definitely go to the super bowl. You know, Mike, for me, it actually cha- it, it did change. And the reason being is I knew that they were good and I knew people were underestimating them when they were playing us. But to go to Lambeau and win in the frozen tundra, man, I feel like that says that really says a lot about your team. Shows a lot because, like, we love Dak. Dak's a very good quarterback. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's just not. You got to be no, fair. Yeah. And uh, and they locked up Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to hear about the weather. One team's from California. One team's from Green Bay. That guy's... That guy's like, I think he was like 28 and seven or something in freezing games or something crazy. So, you know, I don't want to hear anything about the weather, this and that. You know, that defense locked them down. Good for them. That second half was was really a beautiful defensive performance by the Niners. It was incredible. It really was. That that's a well-coached unit. Yes, sir. You know, Mike, uh, a popular topic last week was uh, Kurt Warner's film breakdown of the Dallas 49ers game. So so we thought we'd discuss that a bit. So, you know, what were three things you took away from watching Kurt Warner's film breakdown? Number one, the team has terrible game plans versus zone coverage. It's like they only call man beaters. Like, and then if, if it's not man, like, you know, the quarterback has to be godly yeah to get a chance like they 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 don't help the quarterback out with their scheme at all it's a lot worse than i assumed um Dak still played poorly that's my second one i i want to put that in there you know he he made some wrong reads he missed some stuff but the the play calls were the real issue like yeah 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 they, they, man, it just, they just, they called stuff that's like, why are you calling that to go back to point one? Why are you calling that and not giving yourself anything if it's a zone coverage? You just basically were like, hopefully it's man. And it, and it works out like they, they, it was just, it was a bad offensive game plan. Very poor. And then the uh, third thing where Niners knew the Cowboys playbook. Like that, the thing they kept showing where when the back would go out to swing 
and Fred Warner would just make a dart towards the outside curl route. Like instantly, he was like, oh, that means you, that's all you run off of that. Like they had that key, and if they got that, if Zeke did that, they knew the play. That That's terrible. Mm-hmm. That's awful. So that was my three things that I got from the uh, from the Kurt Warner video. Well, Mike, I know you're, you're our film guy. I always call you the brains of this operation. So, you know, for me, you know, maybe I'm giving uh, the, the unit a little bit too much credit, but from what I what I took away from that was, man, San Francisco's defense really is elite. So again, to me, that's that's what I saw. That's what I thought because it seemed like they had the perfect coverage for every every play. Now, again, I know that the the game plan, you know, didn't really do the team a lot of flav- a lot of favors, but it did seem like San Francisco their their defense, their players stick to their assignment, and you know they they don't try to do anything else, and that's kind of what makes them successful. They don't try to do too much. They know their role and they stick to it. So, you know, I, I think. Uh, knowing your assignment and sticking to it, that can kind of take your defense. We, we saw how that was a big problem for the Cowboys in 2020 where guys didn't know their assignments, and then when they did know it, they wouldn't stick to it, and we, we saw what happened there. But, you know, I came away thinking that San Francisco's defense, San Francisco's defense is elite. Excuse me, guys. Uh, number two, I felt like uh, Dak really questions himself himself too much. I know, uh, again, the, the game plan was was pretty bad, and Dak was having to – really play a perfect game, having to make some really difficult throws in order to have any sort of success. But I did feel like there were times where you could see somebody open and, and Dak was kind of standing there in the pocket. And instead of just letting it rip, he was holding onto the ball too long. Again, I know that the uh, the offensive line was an issue in San Francisco's defense. Their defensive line was getting home quite a bit. But I, I do think that Dak might have uh, been questioning himself just a little too much on some plays. And then number three, it actually – uh, this might be a little surprising. I came away feeling like I was a little bit more mad at McCarthy than Kellen just because of his experience in the playoffs experience with, with the San Francisco 49ers. I felt like he should have had more influence and better help Kellen more. Yeah, it makes me it, – it's really something that they didn't adjust because I went through and started watching all 22 for the season, and you could see teams go from we're going to play man to we're going to play zone. And it really affected the, and I I don't know, I really don't know what how they didn't adjust to that. It blows my exactly. mind, like how they don't have they don't have counters to when people take stuff away, like allowing a linebacker to just run out towards a curl and leave the middle of the field wide open because they absolutely know you will not adjust and switch the play just instead of Zeke swinging, have him run the, the right back over the middle. Nobody would be there. The guy would have to worry about the outside. He wouldn't be able to make, make it back in. Never made that adjustment once. That blows my mind that that, which that's a Kellen Moore thing for me, but also, like you said, the experience. Why didn't Mike McCarthy go to him and go, hey, how come we're not making these adjustments? These teams are playing us this way. You know, right. so – the, the offensive side of the ball was bad coaching all the way around. The offensive line was really bad. And then add on to that, Dak was missing reads. Dak was holding the ball too long. You know, it just – it made for that's how you lose a game. Yeah, we really, man, just started started beating ourselves towards the end of the season, and that's, that's, that's really disappointing. Yeah, and if you uh, – <clears throat> if you – I mean, they got to do – they – it really seemed 
like Kurt Warner was talking about, it seemed like a really easy fix. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why wide receivers don't come in with options. Like if they're in this, run this, if they're in this, run this, and then trust your guys to make the right reads and run the right route. Like, right. I don't know, it just seems crazy to me. So, Mike, another, um, you know, I'm not sure how much uh, tread this got, but something that really caught my attention was your guy, not to be trite, uh, who can be found on Twitter at Burgers and Blitzes. He had an inter interesting tweet last week with some insider information. You know, speaking only for myself, that tweet, if true, is, is very concerning. Uh, before we discuss it, I'm going to read it so that anyone who hasn't seen it will know what we're talking about. So here it is. It says, um, I have some info on a few things that caused the offensive problems, but don't want to want to put it out there. So here's my receipt. Uh, Dak's cap was worse than what got out. Nothing torn, but it's why he wasn't running until the last two weeks. Steven got pissed at Kellen for trying trick plays in the early season blowouts. Once Collins got back and they let McCarthy have his dog and pony show of punishment, he was forced back into the lineup, Ibia up top. Money got on the field. They also get to play Cowboys football in their eyes with him in the lineup. There went your misdirection, pin and pull, etc. Ties This ties back into Steven getting pissed at Kellen for showing too much. And that Amari's vac status was, is, and will be a problem. No way around it. Then his half-assed play on ones where he's not the primary primary read made things even worse. So, Mike, uh, after that, you know, reading that tweet, how much truth do you think was said by this source? I know Mike very well, and I 100% believe that it, that he has a source and that this is accurate information. So I, I'm not going to elaborate why, but I just – I 100% believe Mike and that, that this, that all that he said there was facts. Yeah, Mike, I, uh, it's hard to tell for me, but you know, if Mike is willing to share it and put his name on it, I'd say that's, there's quite a bit of truth to it. You know, like you said, you said, you know, him pretty well and that you, um, you have reasons to why, to why you believe that it's true that you won't share. But I mean, if you're willing to say it and Mike's willing to put his name on it, then I mean, there's gotta be a lot of truth to that. Yeah, I I 100% believe what Mike put in that tweet absolutely happened this season. So going on our next question, if if everything that was said is true, the Stephen Kellen comments especially, how concerned are you for the future? It's extremely concerning because the way the way that they want to play Cowboys football we see it in two playoff teams, Titans and Niners, but both those teams have extremely impressive defenses. And then uh, uh, you can see what happened to the Titans. You know, when it, they, they basically, you can win that way, but you can lose every week to every team because you're just not explosive enough. You know, if, if you're a, we want to run the ball and, control the clock type of thing. That's not really what works, you know, in this day and age. And it's very rare. If you look at the teams, look at Kansas city, look at Cincinnati, look at um, uh, Tampa, look at the Rams. Um, they all are, are big time Buffalo. And then you have Niners who snuck in and have yeah. Paul Shanahan, one of the greatest run uh, game coordinators of all time 
and an absolutely dog elite defense. That's hard. It's hard to win that way. So if you look, it's about young coordinators, young up and coordinating coordinators and play callers. And uh, and so if if they want to win, if Cowboys football is the way it's being perceived by, you know, sources like with what Mike has, that's that's concerning. Yeah, Mike, this is extremely concerning if this is in fact the case. And I'm not kidding when I say this. If Stephen and Jerry dictate who plays, what plays are being called and prevents Kellen and the coaches from doing their jobs and better players being on the field, therefore interfering with the game and prioritizing Cowboys football over winning? Mike, I will not be a Cowboys fan anymore. Oof. I mean, how, how can you... How can you root for a team with when the front office has that kind of mindset? Yeah, and it sucks because it's like the CM Punk pipe bomb back in the day when he talked about if Vince McMahon died, you know, the company might get better, but it's going to be taken over by his son, idiot son-in-law and daughter and stuff. What's well, kind of like that now? We're just going to go from Jerry, who at least won three back in the day, to Catboy, and and then you know Charlotte and Jerry Jones Jr. and stuff, and it's just could be bad for a long time. We 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 gotta hope they hit it in this next two to three year window. That's just man. I I don't. I guess looking at it, I mean, how can how can a organization that doesn't put winning first? How could you root for a team that way? They market them really well. It's, Basically, what it is that they're, they're a great marketing team. I might not be a fan, but please believe I'll be watching, right? Because I'm always going to be a fan of Dak. Yeah, I, I, man, I'm born and bred into it, man. I have to. It's been too long. It's ingrained. I, I'm just going to eat it and suffer. I'll just put it on the next thing that's with the suffering. So I'll, I'll fight through and deal with it. I've deal with it for 26 years. You know, as a fan and someone with health issues, Mike, is, is Amari not being vaccinated a problem for you? Not for me. I'm vaccinated. I have a booster shot. In California, it's it's kind of what we do, you know, for the most part. Uh, so I, I am vaccinated. Um, while we're on this little thing where you have to wear the mask indoors, I wear it. I don't like them. Yeah. It, it gives me trouble breathing. I have glasses that fog up. But I do what I need to do. That man is a grown man. He's like 20, what, seven? Or is he somewhere between 27 and 29 years old? If he doesn't want to, it's his decision. I, you know, I, it's not what I would do, but I'm not Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is Amari Cooper, and I'm not going to get mad at him. It's, it's health stuff. That's that's on him. I, I'm not getting involved in that. Yeah, no, it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, he's a grown man, and uh, he's a smart guy as well, so I'm sure he's got – He's got his reasons why, and I know that he's been out and about, you know, seen without his mask on and everything. But I feel like the uh, the picture of him at the mask game without his his mask on, I feel like that was a bit overblown. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, I I don't the organization might not like it because it's kind of like the kneeling thing, like they yeah. kind of want you to fall in line. So if they can get out of the contract and some receiver falls to them or they can keep Gallup coming off an ACL injury, nobody can test his leg for a long time and they can get him on a one year, you know, seven to $10 million deal. Maybe Amari goes, you know, you, you just don't know. So 
I think the team doesn't like it at all. Just me and you are like, you're a grown up, make decisions. Well, Mike, moving on to our next segment, we're going to do Mike's view from the sidelines, the playoff edition. What, what did you see this weekend? Number one, this is one. I'm not going to get into a rant about it, but stop crying about the OT rules. I heard that when they said the field goal, that I understood. Because a coin flip, you go like 15 yards, guy kicks a 55-yard field goal. It feels cheap. If you, dude, you had 13 seconds. You didn't get it. If you lose the toss and you go down and they score a touchdown on you, it's game over. Stop. Stop negating the defense. Hold right. them without a touchdown. This is the thing that I don't understand. Oh, coin toss, it was over. Why? They can't get a stop? Nope, can't get a stop. Okay, so what do you want to do? The other team scores, right? They score a touchdown. And then the team gets the ball back and scores again. Then the game is over. Well, then they didn't get a chance to go back at them again. So what's the difference? That even can stop them. Well, make them go till somebody stops them. Yeah, but you just said they can't stop them. Yeah. Why couldn't he stop them on the first one? So they're just going to go back and forth. What happened to player safety? You just want to kill them for another 12 drives where they go back and forth on each other scoring touchdowns. The defense wears down more and more every time they have to go out there. Like, stop bitching. Make a stop. You know the rules. It's, stop crying about it. So OT rules are fine. You don't have to do college. Make a stop. There's two sides to football. Stop them. Matter of fact, stop them in the 13 seconds. And then you, and then it would have been over, you yeah. know. So stop bitching about the fucking OT rules. Uh, the second one is um, uh, winning in the playoffs is about quarterbacks and play callers. Uh, you know, it's Jimmy G is one that overcame with a great defense and stuff. But that's the exception to the rule. Burrow, great young quarterback, good play caller. Uh, Buffalo, who easily could have won. Uh, if they held a team 13 seconds, Kansas city, um, the Rams, young, good offensive play coaches, uh, play callers, coaches, and quarterbacks who can get the job done. And then there's the, the unique team out of the four, the Niners who, uh, who got in and, and, and it easily could have been green Bay. And we'd be saying the same thing with green Bay's coaching quarterback. So, you know, just, that's one thing I noticed you need like, my hire would not be Dan Quinn, and I love Dan Quinn. He's unbelievable. If I'm a team, other than maybe the Bears, because they just went through a failure of a coach like that, and they kind of fit a defensive mind. If I'm Denver, I just got done with Vic Vangio. What am I going to go get Dan Quinn for? Get an offensive mind. You know, just that's my opinion. You need to go young offensive coordinators. Uh, third one, uh, games are better when the refs aren't involved. NFL. Oh yeah. Yeah. Four penalties and that Chiefs didn't and you you mean to tell me that that Chris Jones wasn't held? You know, you mean to tell me that uh that uh 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 oh god the um the the badass Ed all the Oliver for Buffalo he was you know holding is all the time there was plenty of things you could have ticky tack pass interference on lob ups for 30 yard passes you ain't got to always throw the flag. The games are better when we don't notice reps, when it's between the two teams. So just maybe remember that going into the next year. That's my three. <laughs> Man, yeah, it's especially salty for Cowboys fans when you look at that four flags compared to 23 in the Cowboys-Niners game. Man, that stings. Tied a record, 14. Like, 
just get it out of there. Like, and, and the thing is, is they could have done even more. Like um, uh, Micah Parsons got held basically every play it wasn't called. Randy Gregory was defensive holding almost every run play to his side. It wasn't called, like, which is good, you know. But, man, 14, just let shit roll a little bit. If it's not really impacting the play, just let it go. Don't call it. Yeah. All right, Mike, here we are with one word. And one the uh, one word this week is describe the Buffalo-Kansas City game. Enjoyable. Hey. It's just an enjoyable game. The great, great game to watch. It was awesome. And it was lessened to zero by the OT rule to go back to one. Kansas City should have got stopped in 13 seconds. When you don't do that, don't get me crying about them coming down and scoring on you after winning the goal. Make a stop, number one defense. Number one defense in the league. Make a stop. I got to admit, though, man, it is a shame that Josh Allen to get one more chance. I understand it's what you're saying. It makes perfect seconds. sense. But no, yeah, I understand that. It's it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, after after Kansas City scored that TD, that Buffalo's offense didn't get one more chance. If they stopped them, they'd have got another chance. If I can't defense, believe that they were able to do in 13 seconds. If the defense wasn't giving – if the number one defense in the NFL did not give up a touchdown – They'd have got the ball back. All you yeah. have to do is not give up a touchdown. All you have, that's it. No touchdown. Like, come on. Stop crying about the friggin' OT rules. Jesus Christ. Dude, how much of a savage is Tyreek Hill by, for waving while he scores that TD? CD <laughs> Lamb got friggin' 10K? Yeah, it's stupid. All right, Mike. So, Gabe Davis set a playoff record with four touchdowns. Four lead changes in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter and a game-tying field goal drive with only 13 seconds left on the clock. The Buffalo-Kansas City game was legendary, sir. Yeah, it's a good word. It will always – that 13 seconds, 13 seconds will be a thing in football. Yes. People will For say sure. 13 seconds, and that is what will be remembered. It, it, was, it was incredible. It was crazy. Absolutely, sir. Well, Mike, here we are. Shout out to me for this week's top five. This week we are discussing. Put that... You really put that music on, dude. I just had to bust your chops for a second, Mike. And we're going to be discussing. <laughs> me and Paul, me and Paul are about to undress for you guys and oil ourselves up. Mike's got the tequila talking again. Are you gonna use the good stuff on me or what? Yeah, oh yeah, you're getting the diabetic super dry skin one. Alright, guys, don't try lucky I don't use sand. I'm trying to add a little spice to the uh to the broadcast, guys. So you know I'm not, I'm not really feeling a lot of this music, so we'll just uh We'll stop. We'll stop where we're ahead, but we're going to be discussing tonight our top five beverages. You know, Mike. I don't know. I know you've been drinking tonight. So, we'll talk, give us number five on your list. Uh, there's a brown sugar oat milk shaken espresso that is served at Starbucks. Starbucks? Oh, I'll get phenomenal. that like. I'll phenomenal. get that like every day, dude, for a while until mm. my doctor is like, "Nah, bro, you need to stop doing that." 
So I don't get it. I I barely drink a coffee. I haven't had Starbucks once in like the last six weeks. So I'll make them at home. I have coffee pods and I have a little foamer to make creamer and I have some sugar-free syrups, but it's not, you know, it's not as bad as having Starbucks every day and, and paying for that too. You know, I try to find a way to get coffee on my list, but then I was thinking, it's like, I enjoy coffee, but I don't know if I, if I didn't really need it more so to get through the day, like to wake up and get my day started and everything. So I feel like I drink it more so out of like necessity. I, again, I do enjoy, especially like I enjoy a boba tea or an iced coffee, but I, I didn't add it in there because I don't just find myself really enjoying it as much as I do the other drinks on my list. That's my red line. So my boss brings a red line for us and, and we split it uh, half, half. And that's, you know, it's fine. It tastes fine and everything, but that's my like, all right, let's get through this shift uh, crack drink. So that's, that's that. I enjoy the coffee. Yeah. Uh, especially like that uh, brown sugar oat milk you were talking about, man. That thing is crazy how good it is. So good. Number five on my list, Mike, it's going to be pretty plain here. I'm going with water. Oh, nice. Water. I love water. That's That really should be on everybody's top five list. Water right. is, you know, it, you can't have sink water here because it tastes gross, but I like bottled water. Especially when you have like a lime wedge or lemon wedge in there. Yeah. When I go out to a place, uh, I get water with lemon. Put a little lemon wedge in there. Yes, sir. All right, Mike, I know, I assume you're familiar with this drink, and I, I imagine you've had your fair share. But number four on my list is going to be horchata. Oh, yeah, yeah, rice milk, right? Yes, sir, with cinnamon and everything. With your last name, sir, horchata had to be on the list. <laughs> Wouldn't have yes, been right. Sir. I don't get it as much as, I, I, as much as I'd like because it's hard to find some re the really good stuff. Like if you get it out of that, my machine, sometimes it's homemade, sometimes it's not. When it's in that big jug, you know what I mean? With the ladle, you know, it's the real deal. But yeah, I don't know. I don't drink it as much as I'd like to, but that's definitely if I, when I go somewhere and I know it's good, I get it every time. You only get horchata out of uh, 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 food trucks, food trucks, right? Horchata, horchata out of food trucks. That's the way to go. Yes, sir. Mike, what's number four on your list? Number four for me is I moved it around here. Sprite Zero. Look, I did the list right before we went on. I did the first drink because I was like, oh, this is easy. And then yeah. totally forgot I had other stuff to do. And so I was like, okay, what do I drink? I like Sprite. I can't have Sprite anymore. I drink Sprite Zero. It's a pretty good version of it. It's better than the 7-Ups and the, I don't really like the Sierra Mist or Mountain Dew. So Sprite Zero is good with ice. Have it every once in a while. All right, well, Mike, what's number three on your list? Uh, number three would be Coke Zero. Uh, yes, this could be Pep. I am not one of those. I drink Coke Zero, Pepsi, Zero Sugar. If RC had a Zero Sugar, I'd drink it. I don't I don't get into the wars. The only reason I like Coke better than, uh, than Pepsi is because I like Sprite better than Sierra Mist and 7-Up in them. So I take Coke products normally because I like Sprite. But Coke... I drink Coke. I drink Pepsi. I don't care. They're both great. So whatever zero sugar cola you put in front of me, count me in as number three on that. I don't have this on my list, Mike, but man, I love an ice cold cherry Coke. Oh, dude, they have a uh, Pepsi wild cherry. That wild cherry Pepsi. 
zero sugar and it mm. is good. I have it in my fridge right now. That should have been on my list. What one thing about Wild Cherry Pepsi, it's like I I prefer it more out of the uh, machine more so than I do the can or the the bottle. I I I don't get sodas when I go out cuz not many places offer the zero sugar. Um, yeah, yeah. more, more do now, but I've just kind of gotten used to getting water when I go out and save myself the money, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Mike, I don't know if I've, we've ever discussed this, but in Cali, do y'all have a lot of Chick-fil-A's? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. We have three in Fresno. Okay. Cause number three on my list. I'm not sure if you're familiar with, with their infamous homemade lemonade. Have you ever had that? I have not. Do they piss in their lemonade? Is that what that? Is that, are you drinking Chick-fil-A employee piss, sir? Gosh, I hope not, man, because that's number three on my list. They're homemade lemonade. It's it's phenomenal, sir. Oh, it's homemade. All right, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for just killing my, my third favorite drink in the world. Hey, little, you're, you could be like, a, uh, uh, what's it, from Dodgeball. Uh, I, I, I drink my urine because it's sterile and I like the taste. <laughs> My cousin, she had a funny story. Um, do y'all have canes, like the chicken tender place? Yes, I've never been there, but I know we have one of those. And or one's, I think one's coming right now. Being, it's yeah, one's about to be here. That's what it is. I don't think we have one. One is about to be built here in Fresno. Where is that being built? Amazing tenders, amazing sauce, dude. We got a chicken shack right by my work. Little pricey. Not not great. I didn't I didn't love it. It was okay. I wouldn't yeah. go again for that price. Well, the reason I brought up canes is because of my cousin. You know, they also have really good lemonade, and she said, you know, that's what she used to always drink when she'd go there. And she said one night, her, you know, she was having dinner with with the uh, family and everything, and that um, there was something. She went to go get a refill of lemonade, and apparently, like the machine was clogged. It's like in one of those big, like see through jug type things. And yeah. the manager's like, okay, you know, I'll take care of it. So he like puts on this plastic glove and, you know, the rest of his arm is exposed. He's got a short sleeve shirt on. So it's just like his arm hair and everything. <laughs> he just digs his entire arm in there to like get, remove a lemon. It's because they piss in it. So what's some arm hair? People are drinking their, the employees piss. <laughs> I hate you so much, dude. <laughs> God, I'll never drink lemonade again, man. I hate you so much. Lemonade's so good too. That would be so sad to not just you gotta make your own lemonade, like just so you know you don't piss in it. That's all I'm saying. Do you like limeade? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I can't diabetic, man, it's hard to have it. But yes, I did. When when I didn't know I was diabetic, I drink it all the time. You know, I'm surprised, man. I just thought about this. I, I could have easily had a sonic uh strawberry limeade on my list. Cherry limeade, song, yeah, song has some good ones. It was hard because I started thinking afterwards of like milkshakes and stuff like that. But I was like, oh, These are the, I basically picked the five drinks I drink the most. That's what I yeah. do. So, Mike, number two on my list, something I drink regularly, especially during the football season. It's I'm going with truly hard seltzers. I know. I knew that was on your list. That for <laughs> sure I knew. When I see truly at the store, because it just kind of started making its way to Fresno that I – that I noticed it was because of you on the ATB fantasy show. So yeah, I knew that was going on your list. 100%. Have you ever had a hard seltzer like with alcohol? Uh, with is it like a beer? Is it like a beer? 
No, it's more so like uh, imagine a Topo Chico with with alcohol. Um, I've had Mike's Hard Lemonade. No, way better than that. Oh, okay, well, I've had it's then, like a I've bubbly, had bubbly drink. Hmm? I've never had it. I never tried it truly. I'm not. I don't. I don't know. It's not for everybody, man. I like I like hard liquor in shot glasses. Really, is what I really like. Yeah. Well, Mike, what's number two on your list? It's my pirate shot glass. That's what we used to do for every party. We'd fill Ooh, it all the way. All the way to the top? And then you had to kill it before. Everybody had to have one before we would start partying. Oh, wow. Ten years off my life, bro. Easily. For like hey. for like five years of partying. Bad. I've got some war stories of my own, sir. We won't get into that, though. What are we, uh, two? Yeah, number two. Water. Hey. I, I drink a lot of water. I knew I had to have it up there. I, um, yeah, when I go on my reset, like everybody's like, how do you go without the coffee and this? And I was like, cause I love water. And luckily it's not so bad for me. Cause I truly, truly love water. So yeah, that's my second drink on there. Easy. You know, you don't need to go into it. We all know water. All right, Mike, number one, what's on your list? Frozen Jack and Coke. Mm. Had to take it to Disneyland. I go, it's a smoke jumpers. I get it every time. I never, at least once, I never go without getting it. And uh, you can get frozen rum and Coke also. I like the frozen Jack and Coke myself. So I almost put those one and two on my list just to be like an ass. Frozen Jack and <laughs> Coke, frozen rum and Coke. I wanted to do all alcoholic, but like I said, I, I take shots. I don't I don't make too many drinks. Like I'm old school drink, like Tom Collins. Well, yeah, I have it like a couple times a year, but it ain't one of my favorite drinks, you know, so. Yeah, frozen Jack and Coke. Had to end it with an alcoholic beverage because I'm an alcoholic and a lush. Mike, number one for me. Uh, I know there's a lot of Mexican cuisine there in Cali, but is are you familiar with a restaurant called Uncle Julio's? It's Tex-Mex. I don't think so. Probably the best fajitas you'll ever have in your life. If you ever come to Texas, when you come to see me, take it to Uncle Julio's. So we can sit on the patio, have some fajitas, and have my number one favorite drink, the margarita swirl. Oh, yeah. Margarita swirl. That's a good one. That could easily made my list. You know what it is? Is I couldn't think of, like, specific names, and I didn't want to just put margarita because it's yeah. specific ones that I like. That's spicy and stuff like that. That's it. Margarita swirl is good. Yeah, dude. It's I don't know what it is. Every time I go there, I get one. But it might be my favorite alcoholic drink, other than Truly. Bro, we uh oh, you got two alcoholic drinks in yours. We both ended with alcoholic drinks as our top drink. Put the porn you... music on. Let's go <laughs> for the after hours pod, sir. Tequila, tequila. I won't have tequila before before we do a pod anymore. Hey, I know we'll, it's the we'll have one every time. <laughs> We're not quite as buttoned up as we used to be, are we? The season's over for us, man. I'm on to doing draft stuff already. They're trying to and pick I, the next player I want to do. So, you know, I'm glad you mentioned draft because I have a, an interesting idea, Mike. What if I know you're doing your draft profiles, um, you know, here in a couple of weeks, like what if I give you a player to look at? If, you know, depending on the position you're scouting, you take a look and you kind of give me your, your draft preview of that player and we can discuss it with, with the with the audience. Yeah, I could do that. You just got to give it to me ahead of time so I can make sure oh, I yeah. it just started. So, like, to be honest with you, <clears throat> minus a couple players 
that I kind of looked up to see, like looking for certain styles for Dallas. Linebackers and offensive line is all I've really done because when I look mm-hmm. at our team, I say, we're going to need linebackers, we're going to need offensive line, and now I'm looking at edge rushers. Uh, I, I don't know why. I just don't look at safety because I don't trust no, it's not gonna them be to drafted. do anything. Yeah, because honestly, the pick at 24, really – Daxton Hill or um or the kid Brisker from Penn State, beautiful pick. Will Dallas pick a safety round one? I don't know. That's the problem. But if you look value wise, uh, what what uh, what Will McClay likes? The offensive tackles don't really come from big enough schools, yeah. and normally he sticks to that early unless it's Boise State, which they I think they consider a bigger school because. They played in, in like they've been in the top fives and stuff like that. You know, <clears throat> Boise State had a few years where they were legitimately competing. So they stick with Alabama, Michigan, Penn State, Cleveland, you know, Clemson, UGA. They stick with those big schools. The offensive tackles don't really come from there. Will the linebackers stay? And if they do, will they pick them? You know, uh, I think Nicole Dean fits everything that Will McClay would want. Comes from Georgia. Just won the national championship, dynamic player uh, at a position that they see as as a big position because it's not just off-ball linebacker, which we've seen them go after only off-ball linebackers before. But N'Kobe Dean is like a five-tool, like like a Parsons light. So I believe that's the pick. If he if if you made me pick now and you told yeah. me who's there, I think he, they fit. But the other two that really fit that, Penn State safety uh the values there the big school and then hill uh uh is it dexton hill or dexton miller dexton i think it's dexton hill pretty almost almost positive yeah safety from michigan (laughs) yeah yeah, the big the big schools matter to will mcclay and to dallas so when i'm going over this stuff Maybe a little reach at 24. Maybe you trade back and get one of them because one of them probably drops there. But uh, but I love the idea of safety. I think this could be the year that they bite the bullet and get a safety because the value's there and the school, the big school and everything fits there. And if the right linebacker or the right edge doesn't fall right, that, that spot makes sense this time. Yeah. Well, I'd love to see him. And I, I, you know, just going back to Mike's, Mike's tweets, if, you know, you said he's got good insider info, man, if that stuff's true, it's going to be hard for me to, to root for the Cowboys organization. Of course, I'll always root for the, for the players. And I say that I won't be a fan, but I'll be buying the hat or the Jersey and what, you know, dedicating my Sundays to them and everything, but God, it'll just be so frustrating to, to know that they don't prioritize winning over everything. Yeah, and it's been a thing that we've we kind of known. We know that it's about the brand and the marketing and everything, and, and the winning comes second to that. But it's starting to get this year was the first offseason I felt since the three eight and eights in a row by Romo that that the losing really hurt the brand. Like really hurt the brand. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think Jerry Jones came out so pissed and tried to change the narrative. Because people were kind of like, man, F this. Like, like legitimately, like, piss on this team. And, they, and we're so tired of this at this point. And so, uh, you know, uh, 
I want to see how that affects them going forward. Maybe they finally say, let's make one big jump at a guy. Maybe they go after, um, what's that kid, the safety that's going to be a free agent? Uh, is it Simmons or did he sign? Was he a franchise tag? There's one safety that's a really good one that I'm blanking on that's coming on the market. And if they really made like took a shot at him, it would be like, okay, here we go. You know, I don't expect it, but you know, maybe, maybe at some point soon, the, the brand being affected by the win, by the, by the success in the playoffs will, will jumpstart them to, to make a bigger move in free agency. Well, we can only hope, Mike, because you know it's it's obvious that Jerry's frustrated. So maybe if he starts to kind of take, start calling the shots again, that things will change. It would be nice. It's it's. I just don't know if I believe it. So yeah, we'll see if it's just a show or if they really make an attempt. Well, Mike, as always, man, I enjoy the discussion tonight. Uh, while we're getting you out of here, let the people remind the people they can find you on Twitter at CD Piglet, guys. Letter C, letter D, Piglet. Nice and easy. Guys, I am Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.